0: Thank you for joining us today. No doubt about it, God speaks to His children. That gut feeling we sometimes refer to is God speaking to His children through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. When we incline our entire being to Him, we will recognize the different ways He speaks to us. And when He speaks and we obey, He will order each moment of our lives, and we will be blessed. And be a blessing beyond human comprehension. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy.
1: Morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of God today? Amen. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for all that has transpired up to now. And here I am standing before you one more Sunday after so many years, over 35 years. Preaching, teaching, and leading and shepherding. Who am I to be a recipient of this tremendous responsibility of doubt upon me? Help me now to preach this book. I really don't know how unless you navigate me, guide me, give me insight, illuminate my mind. Anoint me, fill me with your spirit. Let the people be a people who really desire to learn in Jesus name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Turn to the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The book of Jonah, it might take a little while to get there. It's one of the minor prophets. Prophets. tucked tucked there in the Old Testament. Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord reads, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city and crowd against it for their wickedness has come before me. Let me just read that again. It's just two verses. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying arise, Jonah, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. I want to preach this morning uh, from that first verse, particularly God speaks to Jonah. God speaks to Jonah. Well, who was Jonah? Jonah was a prophet from the tribe of Zebulun of Galilee. Second Kings chapter 14, verse 25 tells us Jonah ministered during the reign of Israel's king, Jeroboam II, 786 through 746 B.C. Jonah's contemporaries were Amos and Hosea, who were also called to warn God's people of impending judgment unless they repent. Jonah was the son of Amittai from Gathhefer a village near Nazareth. The account of Jonah was not a myth or a parable. He was a prophet of God sent to a heathen nation and was a real historical person. Now the Lord validate just how real and actual Jonah was because we can see Uh, Jonah being authenticated by our Lord himself in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 39 through 41. And there you will find the text saying, but he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation to condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. See there, And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here referencing the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The book of Jonah is a very unusual book. Jonah was an isolationist believing that salvation was only for the Jews. The book of Jonah is that of a rebellious prophet called by God to preach repentance to the people of Nineveh, which is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. The Jews associated the city with the worst of barbarism, the worst of blasphemy and decadent sin. These people, the Assyrians, They were a cruel people. They were a heartless people. The Assyrian Empire had begun exacting heavy tribute from Israel during the reign of King Jehu from 842 to 815 B.C. and threatened the Jewish northern kingdom throughout the lifetime of Jonah. In 722 B.C., Assyria finally invaded and destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel and Samaria, which was the capital. Timothy Keller writes in his book, The Prodigal Prophet, I quote, The Assyrians were brutal against their enemies after capturing them. They were known for dismembering and decapitating enemies on a large relief panel. They forced friends and family members to parade with decapitated heads of their loved ones elevated on poles. They pulled out prisoners' tongues and stretched their bodies with ropes so they could be flayed alive and their skin displayed on the city walls. These people were brutal. They burned adolescents alive. Those who survived the destruction of their cities were fated to endure cruel and violent forms of slavery. The, the Assyrians have been called a terrorist state. And we've heard that word before. Jonah's mission was unprecedented in that the God of Israel would call a Hebrew prophet to leave Israel and go out To warn a wicked, bloodthirsty Gentile city of Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian empire of impending doom, if they did not repent and turn from their wickedness. Surely God is full of compassion. Surely God is full of grace and mercy. We must never resent God extending mercy when we ourselves are recipients of the same mercy from God. Jonah refused to go, undoubtedly because he didn't believe that the Ninevites deserve an opportunity to repent and be forgiven. Jeremiah objected when God called him to be a prophet, but he later accepted the call after making it clear to God that he did not want it and felt unworthy to take on that responsibility. However, Jonah, on the other hand, flatly refused to go To Nineveh. Lord, I know what you're telling me to do, but I ain't going. He was rebellious. Look at, look at verse one. A word from the Lord to Jonah. Verse one A says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Let's just park right there a minute. Sometimes we rush past scripture. And we read so fast, we miss what God is saying. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. With that, I like to say, I wonder when was the last time the Lord spoke to you? And you knew without a doubt he was speaking to you. My friend, if you cannot hear the Lord speaking, then it is very likely that there is a spiritual disconnect in your relationship with God. God should be speaking to you. Everybody else is talking to you. The the talk shows are talking to you. The View is talking to you. Uh, The the politicians are talking to you. You're not getting much from them, but they're talking to you. The entertainers are talking to you. The rappers are talking to you. But the question of the moment is, is God talking
0: to you? Hmm. There are so many distractions that keep us from hearing the voice of God. As Christians, we work for the cause of Christ because we are saved, and that's good. We must consider, however, that we might be so busy working that we don't prioritize the need to develop a personal relationship with our Savior. Satan is skilled at creating distractions that hinder our desire to seek and grow in our relationship with God who is on our side and desires that we have a personal relationship with Him. Listen as Pastor Rander continues.
1: does the Lord speak to us? How does he speak to us? Number one, God speaks through creation. He speaks through creation. The scripture says in Psalms 19, 1, 2, and 3, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Oh, but here's a scripture. Perhaps haven't caught your eye. It's located in Job chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. It says, but now ask the beasts and they will teach you and the birds of the air and they will tell you or speak to the earth. And it will teach you and the fish of the sea will explain to you who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Yes, God speaks through creation, when we look at the stars, the moon, the valleys, the 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 rivers, the ocean, uh, when we look at the galaxies, when we look at creation, the birth process, when we, when we look at our anatomy and all these things, you got to be a fool to say that there is no God. The handiwork declare the glory of God. If you can see all of this and conclude that there is no God, you are the biggest fool on this side of the Mississippi. God created it all. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he create it? Out of nothing. He Out of nothing. Man needs something to to create. He got to have something, dirt. He got to have some steel. He got to have mud. He got to have something. But God out of nothing spoke the world into existence. He's almighty God. There is none like him. Yes, God speaks through creation. Secondly, God spoke through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For Matthew chapter 17, verses 5 and 6 says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, Listen to the voice of God speaking. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. You know why? They had heard God. God spoke through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, it also says there, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. He's speaking, he spoke through his son. The Lord Jesus Christ. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. Through whom also he has made the worlds. Yes. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Thirdly. The Lord speaks through the Holy Spirit. That's how he speaks. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. John fourteen twenty six says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a helper whom the father will send in my name. He will teach you all things in, in order to teach. That means he's talking and bring to your remembrance. He will remind you of things right when you need to be reminded of all things that I said to you. Acts 13, 2 and 3 also says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. See, the Holy Spirit taught. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person in the Godhead. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit make up the, the triune Godhead. He is a person. He's a person. He is real. Uh, He was introduced on the day of Pentecost, but even though he was introduced on the day of Pentecost, uh, he was even at work in the Old Testament economy. So it says that as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, which means he talked. Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. See, the Holy Spirit is talking and he's talking. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We're saved by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit works the work of regeneration in us. He's part of that salvific process. We're saved by the Spirit of God. And that same Holy Spirit strengthens us, teaches us, guides us, protect us. Tells us what to say. Tell us when to speak and tell us when to be quiet. He will control us. That's right. He'll help us be disciplined and not live the undisciplined life. Fourthly, the Lord speaks to people audibly. In the Old and New Testament, God spoke audibly to the people. In Genesis chapter 8 verse 15, God spoke to Noah. In Genesis 12 chapter 12 verse 1, God spoke Now, you can read those scriptures in your quiet time. There are too many to read today. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, God spoke to Moses. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, God spoke to Samuel. And in Isaiah 38, 4, God spoke to Isaiah. He spoke in the Old Testament. Uh, He also spoke audibly in the New Testament, We see in the book of Acts chapter 9 verses 3 through 5, it says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. This is Saul. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. God knocked him off that beast. And he heard a voice, look at that, a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. God knows how to get our attention. Why are you persecuting me? Saul was wreaking havoc against the Lord's church and God interrupted his plans, knocked him off their beast, blinded him, and put him on a fast. He said, why are you persecuting me? It's not just about the disciples, the church. You messing with me, man. Those are my children. And when you mess with my children, you mess with me. And the same is true today. When people mess with you, they messing with God, especially if you live in holy and righteous before him. It's a dangerous thing to mess with a child of God because we are children of God and you don't want my daddy to get you. Do I have a witness here? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. God speaks to people. And he speaks audibly. Second Peter 1 also says for prophecy came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved By the Holy Spirit. We see God speaking even there, as holy men of God move as they wrote and penned Holy Scriptures. Today, on rare occasions, God may speak audibly to a person, which is the way He personally called me. Uh, uh, However, this is not the norm. One must not uh, seek to hear an audible voice from the Lord. But, but God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to. You can't put God in a box and say what he can't do. Okay. God is too big for you to do that. I remember so vividly I was uh, you be hearing me talk about the call my call as it relates to Jonah. Uh, I was, I was 18 years old living in my parents' home, and I was a senior, uh, in high school, and, uh, it was four day in the morning, and I heard a voice saying, Rander, preach my gospel to every creature. And as it was being said, I, I, I tightened up in a fetal position, and there was a tingling sensation all over my voice. And I put the cover over my head and I was scared to move and I was scared to raise the cover up because I scared I was going to see God. Then I finally got up and my dad, my mom usually fix my dad's breakfast early in the morning. and I went and sat at the table in the kitchen and they looked at me because it was unlike me to get up early in the morning like that. And they, and they looked at me, waiting on me to say something. And I finally said something and they said, what? I said, mom, dad. God just called me to preach and they were just deathly quiet. Matter of fact, they didn't know how to answer me. So I just went back and I laid down. I'll say that much for now and I say the rest of that account for later. (laughs) Amen. But, 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 but what, but however, I wasn't seeking that voice like people are doing today. I wasn't seeking sensationalism. I wasn't doing that. God speaking audibly is not the norm today. One must not seek to hear an audible voice from the Lord. Be mindful. God often spoke audibly in the Old Testament. He also spoke audibly in the Gospels. And you also can see him speaking audibly in the book of Acts. But however, that's not normative today. Why? Because the canon of scripture is complete. The the Bible is complete. We don't have to add nothing to it. And we don't have to take nothing from it. And you don't have to walk out and say, well, I'm looking for a voice. I'm trying. I'm waiting to hear a voice. Hey, the voice is in your hand. This book is the voice of God. Do I have a witness out there? This book is the voice of of God. And so you must you must be mindful of that. My friends, it is the voice of God. The canon of scripture is complete. However, today we have the a complete Bible. It's all kinds of translations. You have big Bibles, little Bibles, Bible in Braille, pretty Bibles, or you know the best Bible is a used raggedy Bible. Bible look too new, that means your life is raggedy. That's right. But that Bible's all tore up and you're trying to hold the pages together is usually blown to a person whose life is not raggedy and falling apart. <laughs> what condition is your Bible in? Some of your Bibles look, you had it 20 years and look like it just got, out, got it out the box. Some of you, yeah, now you'll say, oh, I got, I have it on my, my cell phone. I have it on my iPad. Good for you. I'm glad you have it. But I sure be glad when you get a book. Because it testifies as to whose side you're on. You can have that little gadget. For as we know, you just playing Pac Man in there. <laughs> but I dare you to take the Bible and open it and begin to read. All of a sudden, folk will like it or they'll be disturbed because you have it. Try opening that Bible in your office and lay it open on the desk and see the response. Put your cell phone on the desk and they won't even notice. I was at the car wash and I opened my Bible and I began to study. And one of the other persons in there, uh, getting his car washed, he looked at me. He says, I see that book you're reading. What word in that book do you have for me? But if I had had my cell phone, no question would have been asked. Y'all hanging with me? This book is a living testimony. Go buy you one. My wife and I, we were heading to the Philippines. And uh, it was the middle of the night. I was on that plane. You know, sometimes you just don't sleep well on plane. Especially when the Philippines is a long way from here. Okay, you get antsy. You sit on this side. You try to sit on that side. and Oh, and so I just touched the light. See? And So I open up, open up the Bible, the book of life. As a matter of fact, it was this book. I keep this one here. Because this one is so worn out, I'm trying to preserve the leftovers of it. <laughs> so this is my preaching Bible here. it has been all over the world, but it's 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 being pretty raggedy now. So I keep it here for preaching. And so I opened the pages of the book, and then this man, we we're on the 747 huge plane, and he was well, I was on one end, he was way on the other end. And I was reading, he said, I know that book you have. I said, You do He said, I said, What? I said, Yeah, that's a Bible. I say, yeah, it sure is. Can you come over here and tell me something about it? I didn't know that man at all. I moved around, came to the other side, began to talk to him about the things of God, and began to minister to him the word of God, and little to my knowledge, there were some missionaries headed to the Philippines, the Philippines, and they overheard me talking to this gentleman, and they... And when I finished speaking to him, they hunched me, they touched me and said, you know, we were praying for you as you were in conversation with that that brother. That all happened because I opened my Bible. Now, when's the last time somebody got your attention and asked you to tell you about a Bible as you were reading the scriptures in your cell phone?
0: The greatest gift anyone could ever receive has already been given. Jesus paid the price in full. He loves us so much that he desires a personal relationship with all who surrender all to him. We have direct access to our Lord and Savior through the indwelling Holy Spirit. We owe him everything, yet the gift of salvation is free. Don't waste one more second.